front of your face. Now I can't make you do it. You gotta look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now I think you're gonna see a guy who will go that inch with you. You're gonna see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're gonna do the same for him. That's the team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. As football guys, that's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? All right, welcome to episode 290 of the Joe Mays and JRAF show. A little bit of a different opening here this evening as I'm flying solo tonight for this show. And uh, it's all about football as we are here generally every week, pretty much 24-7 here. Justin and I are huge football fans and, uh, you know, we pretty much think about uh, every day of the year. And uh, today is, of course, a, a special day because it is, well, a bittersweet day because it is the last day of the NFL regular season in 2019. A bunch of teams have played their last snap of the season. There are just two teams left to play as I talk right now. And uh, the playoffs are basically set. We know the teams that will be in. We just do not know exactly where everyone will be playing, at least in the NFC. And uh, that's because tonight's game between the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks means a lot. And uh, if you're not familiar with the uh, clip that I just played, that is part of the speech from any given Sunday, uh, which, you know, some people like the movie, some people don't like it, but uh, that's a very uh, awesome speech by uh, Al Pacino there in the movie. And um, the name of the movie is what's more important because it's very much true, and I believe it's proven true nearly every week. I believe a site called Football Outsiders has a segment called Any Given Sunday, and it's because you don't know who's going to win every game until they play the games. And sometimes a team seen as an underdog comes out on top, and it becomes a big deal and has ramifications around the NFL, and um, well, let's take a listen to one of those things that happened today. Meanwhile, Miami has first and goal down by four, and they're at the New England four-yard line, first and goal, 29 seconds left. Here, Butker kicks the extra point. And Fitzpatrick throws in the end zone. Touchdown, Miami! The Dolphins have just scored. Gasicki, the tight end, got a laser in the back of the end zone on a goal-to-go touchdown pass by Miami quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick to take a lead with 24 seconds to go. The extra point coming up for Miami, leading New England 26-24. 
And the crowd now knows it. What a throw by Fitzpatrick. What a touchdown run by Williams on the last weekend of the regular season in the NFL. If the Chiefs win and New England loses, the Chiefs will be the two seed. They'll get the bye and they'll have a home game the next weekend. I'm getting confused. What game are you calling? I'm calling both games. <laughs> Here is the extra point. The Dolphins have just gone up on New England 27-24 with 24 seconds to go. So that was Kevin Harlan on the call for CBS Sports doing the Kansas City Chiefs game against the Chargers. That was at Arrowhead, and the Chiefs ended up winning that game, which I'll talk about a little bit later, but it was a pretty big deal for the Kansas City Chiefs because they jumped up from the third seed in the AFC, having to play wildcard weekend, to the two seed in the AFC behind number one seed of Baltimore with Miami's upset of New England. Yes, that's right. My Miami Dolphins defeated the New England Patriots 27-24 on a touchdown pass in the final minute of the game. Ryan Fitzpatrick to Mike Jasicki, yes, the Penn State tight end who uh, was a little underwhelming as a rookie in 2018 but has caught his stride especially over the last eight weeks for the Dolphins who um, finished the season at 5-11 and but do remember that they started the season 0-7 including a loss to the Patriots in Week 2, a gigantic loss. Um, I don't remember what the exact score was, but um, th at that point, people started talking about how maybe this uh, is the worst football team to ever play. Yes, the Miami Dolphins, who finished the season 5-11, and 5-4 and four over the last nine weeks, were at one time considered the worst team to ever play professional football which is obviously hyperbole if uh i've ever heard it but you know that's the way that we operate in this world um now but yeah it was uh it was a crazy game i, I thought that it might happen um early on when they were up 10 nothing and then things kind of got away from them uh got tied 10 10 but uh, they just kept plugging away, and uh, what a, you know, crazy to think that just three and a half months ago, New England went to Miami and won forty-three to nothing, forty-three to nothing in Miami. Now Miami goes to Foxborough, well, sorry, Gillette, and wins twenty-seven twenty-four, and Miami is a completely different team, both roster-wise and for those that are holdovers from early in the season, um, athletically and mentally. Brian Flores, the former Patriots. Uh, technically, well, sort of defensive coordinator last year, but longtime assistant, I believe he was with New England organization since 2004, has the Dolphins going the right direction. And if you remember when the Dolphins were rumored to be hiring him and then firing, finally hiring him last January, I think it was January, maybe it was December, I forget, it's been a while, I think it was early January, um, he was the guy I wanted, and I was very excited that he went there, despite everything that happened, you know, in the late summer, early season this year, I you know, it is what it is, and I'm very, very happy that he is the Dolphins head coach. I'm very much looking forward to next year. While I don't necessarily think that they will jump into the playoffs in another year, I think their building blocks are there, and uh, I do think it's quite interesting that Bill Belichick is now, I believe, 500 against former assistants that become head coaches. He's just 12-12 and 12 against... Uh, his uh, former coaches that go on to be head coaches. So um, 
Yeah, that's something to think about when betting in the years to come when Bill Belichick plays for, plays against former coaches of his. Um, and obviously the Patriots li- lived to play another day. They won the AFC East again for, what, the 11th straight year? Something ridiculous like that. But the Dolphins had not won at New England since Ronnie Brown and the Dolphins debuted the Wildcat Um Back in 2008, if you can believe it. So it's been a long time since Miami's won in New England. I was there to see one of Miami's losses uh, five years ago. And yeah, it's it's just incredible how things can change on a dime in the NFL. And again, any given Sunday, and I'm sure Miami over New England is going to be the focus of many articles um, breaking down what happened and how. It also probably is going to be the focus of many people talking about the end of the Patriots dynasty and what's going to happen with Tom Brady. Once again, not having a great game today, I, although I would be a little bit more peeved at my defense if I was a Patriots fan because Miami is supposedly devoid of talent. They shut him out the first time they played him. New England had, you know, again, tons of hyperbole in the first third of the season, the greatest defense ever assembled New England had, and now they just lost at home again after just a few weeks ago losing to the Chiefs at home. So not all is well is in New England, and like Justin and I have said many times over the last month that we've, people, us included, have at times, you know, said that New England was done, but we just feel that this time is different. I can't see how New England's going to rebound and go on the road to make another Super Bowl. I, I just don't see it. And then what's going to happen with Tom Brady in the offseason? So a lot going on, a lot to discuss. But the big thing for me and for many in the NFL, especially if you're a Chiefs fan, is Miami taking the Patriots out of a bye into the wildcard round. The first time this decade that's happened, yes, New England was the one or two seed in the AFC every single year this decade, save for this year, thanks to the Miami Dolphins. So um, you got to hand it to Fitzpatrick. You know, he, he is one of those guys, hit or miss. Sometimes it's really big, sometimes it's really small, but he came up big today. Great performance by him. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Miami's offseason goes and what direction the Dolphins take with their three first-round picks. They will pick fifth with their own pick, 18th with the Steelers' pick, and then somewhere in the early to mid-20s, most likely, with the Houston Texans' pick. But Houston will continue to play. They are a playoff team, despite losing today to um, their divisional foe, the Tennessee Titans, 35-14. to It didn't matter much for Houston. Houston rested a bunch of their guys, both on offense and defense. Um, The Titans clinched a berth with the victory, however. They are the sixth seed and I believe will be going to New England. And that's interesting just because what did I just talk about? Well, Bill Pelichek against former coaches or players, you know, doesn't have a great track record. And uh, we know uh, what's coming to him from Tennessee. Now, It's tough to play. I mean, even despite their recent struggles at home against Kansas City and Miami, it's still tough to play at Gillette, especially in playoff version of Belichick and Brady. Now, if they would be upset by the Titans, man, I would not want to be a a, a person in that organization at this time, which is crazy to think because how successful they've been. You knew it was going to come to an end at some point. So should Tennessee upset them? 
I don't know that anyone would be honestly that also that surprised with the way things have gone. But you know, hey, that's just me. Um, so we'll see how it goes with the Patriots as they host the Titans victors today over the Texans to make it to the playoffs as the sixth seed. And uh, But the Titans might have the formula of how to do it with uh, Derrick Henry and an efficient Ryan Tannehill. If they get just enough defense out of their guys, you know, Mike Rabel is the defensive guy, um, should be ready to go and know what he's getting by having to travel to uh, New England to get it done. So um, we will see how things go in that playoff game. Then we also will then have the 4-5 and five matchup. Your Texans that lost to the Titans finished ten and six, but are this AFC South champs. They are the four seed, and they are going to play against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills also rested a lot of their players today because, um, well, they couldn't improve their playoff positioning, nor could they drop to the sixth seed. So they rested their starters and fell to the Jets today, 13-6. to But again, that game didn't matter. It was in Buffalo and whatnot, but a win wouldn't have helped them and obviously some injuries they wanted to avoid. So they rested their guys. Um, sure, th- I like th- this makes note that, hey, the Jets won six of their final eight games. They started the season one and seven. The Jets are not good. The Jets are not a good team. So... Um, them winning six of their last eight, great. Who did you beat? Um, even at seven and nine, I'm sorry, I would, I, I feel much happier with the position that Miami is in for the future than the Jets. I just don't th- see it. I think the Jets are stuck in mediocrity. They're at seven and nine. They're going to pick lower than Miami is. Miami has more draft picks. And sure, maybe this is just me being biased, but I'm usually pretty truthful and try to take the uh, emotion out of it when it comes to the Dolphins because I'm, well, literally so far removed from them. But I I just, I don't see big things in the Jets' future. I think people are going to think that this is going to be a springboard and I don't see them being much better next year. Um, You know, what? we'll find out. But the Jets are not in the playoffs. The Bills are. They will be traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. So... That is your 4-5 matchup in the wildcard round next weekend. Um, so we'll see uh, We'll see um, what happens there. Um, they, they did not play this year, uh, but B- Buffalo and Houston did play last year in Houston with Houston getting the victory 20-13. So your one seed is the Baltimore Ravens. There were the winners today over the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers um, saw their playoff hopes dashed last week with a loss to those Jets. But the Ravens, sitting a bunch of players as well, got the victory 28-10 to in Baltimore. Trace McSorley, the former Penn State star, um, got his first meaningful NFL action, regular season action uh, in the Ravens' victory. 14-2 and for the Ravens, looking good. Probably the team to beat in the entire NFL, not just the AFC. And... They go in um, with the most victories in franchise history and odds-on favorite for the MVP MVP award, Lamar Jackson. Um, They got to hope that Mark Ingram can recover from his injury and be ready to go. But again, they have a bye, so there's more time for them to prepare and heal up for whoever is on the horizon. Remember, the NFL playoffs reseed, so... um, they could be could be getting the Texans or the Bills 
However, if the Titans upset the Patriots, the Ravens would then get the Titans. So no idea who they'll get until the AFC wildcard weekend is done. The two seed in the AFC now, thanks to Miami's victory over New England, are the Kansas City Chiefs. 12-4 and on the year after a victory today over the Los Angeles Chargers. 31-21, first round bye for them. Huge because playing at Arrowhead is usually pretty tough. So the only way they, the Kansas City will go on the road is if they have to go to Baltimore. So Chiefs guaranteed a home game in the second round. And again, we can't really tell who their opponent is going to be. Um, if New England wins, it'll be New England. And if uh, the Titans win, it'll be the winner of the Texans-Bills game. So things setting up pretty nicely, I believe, for the top two teams in the AFC, which I don't think should surprise anyone. The Ravens and Chiefs, to me, are better than New England. So I, even if New England would have gotten the bye today, I still would have favored Baltimore and Kansas City over New England. Again, maybe that's crazy, judging by the way the last 20 years have gone, but that's just the way I felt. So elsewhere in games that didn't make much of a difference this this uh, week in the AFC, Browns and Bengals, Cincinnati gets their second win of the season, 33-23 to over Cleveland, and what happened after that loss? Browns dropped to six and ten, and they fired Freddie Kitchens after one year. One year. I just I don't understand these football institutions, be it professional or collegiate, that think getting rid of a coach and coaching staff and whatever level of the organization you want to erase so quickly. The turnover is not a good thing. Quick hooks are bad. Stop doing it. Stop doing it. Sure, the Browns went 6-10, and 10 and they fell from, what, 7-8-1 and one last year. Did they underachieve? Probably, because on paper you expected them to probably challenge for the AFC North, but the Ravens were 14-2 and two this year. Who thought the Ravens were going to be that good? Anyone outside of Baltimore? Probably not. So Cleveland, yeah, they struggled. They had issues. They have personnel issues. Is it the coaching staff's fault? Is it the management's fault? Is it the player's fault? I don't know. But apparently they thought it was Freddie Kitchen's job um, to lose, and he lost it. He's gone. So new coach once again in Cleveland, um, and that continues to be one of the worst dumpster fires in the entire NFL. Yeah, yeah, they're a game better than the Dolphins. But if you ask a player right now, where would you rather go, Cleveland or Miami? Huge Change, you know, in answers probably even two months ago. But would you rather go to Cleveland or would you rather go to Miami? I, I would like to ask some of those free agents, and maybe we'll find out uh, in March. Elsewhere in the AFC, Colts-Jaguars game didn't matter. Indianapolis really fell off once Brissett got injured. Justin mentioned this last week. Um, really, really fell off. Indianapolis was leading the AFC South at one point, and they just completely fell apart. I think they might have gone one and one in four, one in five in their last five, six weeks. So not a good end of the season for the Indianapolis Colts, losing the Jaguars today 38-20. to There was a report that the Jaguars were set to fire Doug Marone following today's game. That hasn't happened, and things have been up in the air, and there's still confusion surrounding what's happening with Jacksonville. But as of now, I believe Doug Marone is still their head coach, but who knows if that'll happen again. Tomorrow is Black Monday around the NFL. We already saw a bunch of coaches be relieved of their duties, include and some front front office personnel as well. Tom Coughlin getting the axe from Jacksonville already. So um, 
We'll see what happens in Jacksonville and Indianapolis. I think Frank Wright is safe. You know, the sudden retirement of Andrew Luck at the beginning of the year didn't help matters, but for a while, his Colts were looking pretty good. They got to go back to the drawing board and figure out if they have um, the pieces there to make a run next year. I, okay, yeah, one more AFC game. Uh, it didn't matter once Tennessee won, but there was an outside chance that the Raiders could make the playoffs. All they had to do was win today, and like four other things had to happen. I can't recall if the other things happened, but the big one was Tennessee losing and Houston beat Tennessee. So, nope, sorry, that one didn't happen. So the Raiders are knocked out. Well, they also lost the game. So they fell to the Broncos 15-16 to in mile high. I do believe they scored near the end of the game to cut it to 15-16 and went for two because at that point, what does it matter? Try to get a win. Uh, they didn't get the win, so they fall to 7-9, tied with the Broncos at 7-9. and nine. So both of them tied for second place in the AFC West behind the 12-4 and four Chiefs with the Chargers bringing up the rear uh, 5-11. I kind of glossed over that game, fo- focusing most on the Chiefs, but that could have been Phillip Rivers' last game for the Chargers, and uh, he broke down afterwards talking about uh, his career and the Chargers' program. Raiders-Broncos, again, didn't mean too much for either team, at least in the playoff picture. But Denver's an interesting team. Justin and I talked about them last week. If Drew Locke's the guy and they can add a few pieces this offseason, they may be able to make some noise. I know people will think the same thing about the Raiders. I, I think the Raiders overachieved this year. The Broncos, I think, rebounded a bit, looked better towards the end of the year. I think Denver could be a sleeper team for next year. I really do. I think Denver could be improving. They had a few guys there. I think the Broncos could make things interesting um, with the Chiefs in 2020. Over in the NFC, again, uh, there's a game going on right now. Early 49ers lead the Seahawks 3-0 near the end of the first quarter. Uh, The other games in the NFC, um, one that didn't, well, I mean, it mattered for the one team, didn't really matter for the other. Saints had to get a win today to... uh, I believe ensure a playoff bye. Is that is that is that true? Well, see, with 49ers, seeing Seahawks game is important too. The Saints got a victory, and they I think they could still end up being the third seed. Uh, Saints won 42 to 10 over the Panthers. New Orleans finishing 13 and 3. Carolina falling to 5 and 11, and they really fell off to end of the year. Ron Rivera fired, gone from Carolina, despite having a pretty good run there. Was there a long time? He was let go a few weeks ago. It sounds as though he could be the next head coach of the Washington Redskins, who looked awful today against Dallas, losing in Jerry's world at down at AT&T Stadium, 47-16. to The Cowboys improved to 8-8, eight and eight, but because of their loss last week to the Eagles, it didn't matter if Philadelphia won, and that's exactly what happened with the Eagles beating up the Giants 34-17. to Now, this game was close into the fourth quarter but the Eagles finally pulled away late to improve to 9 and 7 and win the NFC East. The the Eagles the Eagles are, are interesting to me. And I can say this cuz Justin's not here. They're a team that I don't think anyone should bet on in the playoffs, but they're also a team that has nothing to lose. They're playing with a bunch of no-name guys and we're going to talk about a few of them here momentarily. Carson Wentz has been critically underrated this year by the majority of people up until the last week or two. 
I don't think it's been Wentz's fault most of these games. He, I believe, set the Eagles' single-season passing yardage record. He's playing with a mash unit, and I know Eagles fans love to use that, that injury excuse over and over and over again. Um, it just happens to be true this year. Um, you know, they did it today without Ertz. They did it today without basically their top, what, four, at least three, maybe four wide receivers. They're missing offensive linemen. Um, their defensive backs, while not any good anyways, they've also got injuries there. So, that, yeah, they have plenty of injury issues. But this is a team now that has guaranteed a home game and has nothing to lose. They can do whatever they want. There aren't. This is kind of like the inverse of the Penn State-Memphis situation where we talked about when the Bulls were selected. Penn State was in a real no-win situation in terms of public perception outside of Happy Valley and, and the Penn State faithful. Because if you beat Memphis, everyone will say, well, you were supposed to beat Memphis. Good job. If you lose to Memphis, everyone will just laugh and be like, Penn State couldn't beat Memphis. Philadelphia is the other way now. Philadelphia is Memphis. Philadelphia now isn't expected to win. So if they lose, who cares? It doesn't matter. If they win, awesome. They won. So it's probably a good position to be Philadelphia because you have no expectations from your fan base or the league, and you're hosting the game. Now, who's it, who is it going to be? I guess that's still up in the air. The Eagles are the four seed, so they'll play the five seed. Um, don't know who that's going to be because of this game going on right now between the 49ers and the Seahawks. And the 49ers just scored again to go up potentially 10 to nothing. So yeah, Eagles improved to nine and seven, win the NFC's fourth seed will host a playoff game and now come in to uh, clarity once the Seahawks 49ers game concludes on Sunday night football. But San Francisco looking good at the moment, which I do believe should that result hold, I think the Eagles would probably host the Seahawks. So, and the Seahawks, they're they're beat up and and having some issues. So Seattle coming to Philadelphia, they got to go west coast to east coast. <laughs> you know there shouldn't be expectations on paper. You'd expect Seattle to be the better team. Both teams are beat up. Eagles probably a little bit more, but man, I don't. If I'm a Seattle fan, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. So, but we will see what happens um, with the Seahawks 49er game and how it impacts the NFC playoff picture uh, we talked about the saints talked about the eagles uh the other team in playoff positioning and needing a win today were the green bay packers in detroit packers get the victory 23 to 20 come from behind and they clinch a first round bye. so they are one of the top two teams in the nfc and i believe they may be able to go all the way to the number one seat if San Francisco would lose. I think that San Francisco is the big one. That's the outstanding one. Um, but they do have the 10 nothing lead at the moment. So Green Bay is no worse than the two seed. And I got to say, they're, they're not an impressive 13-3. and three. There have been weeks that they have looked awful. There have been weeks like this week that I'm not sure they deserve to win the game. They got the win, and that's great, but... I, I don't trust the Packers as, as a top seed. I, I really don't. I think Justin said that last week, and I, I definitely agree with him there. I, I much prefer San Francisco and New Orleans, and honestly, I think I like New Orleans 
the best of those three. New Orleans is going to end up being the three seed, I would think, with San Francisco one, Green Bay two, New Orleans three, Philadelphia four, Seattle five, and the Vikings are going to be the sixth seed. Um, Their game didn't matter today either. They rested a bunch of their players, and they ended up losing as well to the Chicago Bears, 21-19. to So Vikings knew they were their sixth seed. They rested some guys, and now what's their uh, consolation? Well, it's most likely going to be to have to go to New Orleans to play the Saints, who are still mad about what happened in the playoffs the last two years, especially what happened against the Rams last year. So likely NFC playoffs are San Francisco won by... Green Bay 2 by New Orleans 3 hosting the Vikings 6 and Eagles 4 hosting the Seahawks 5. Now that could change should Seattle come back and beat the 49ers. Uh, but at the end of the first quarter, again, 10 nothing. San Francisco leads uh, Seattle in Seattle. But Seattle, tough situation we mentioned last week. Um, all the injuries they've had recently and they are limping to the finish, which is not... What we've come to expect from Seattle, they're usually a very strong finishing team, and then they make some noise in the playoffs. Even in years when you didn't think they would, they did. And this is kind of opposite flipping the script uh, here for this. So um, around the NFC games that didn't make much of a difference, the Rams finished the season strong with a victory over the Cardinals, 31-24. to Los Angeles Rams finished 9-7, and seven, a lost year for them as they were the NFC representatives in the Super Bowl last year but couldn't duplicate their success. Some weeks they still looked pretty good, other weeks they looked awful. So they'll need to regroup in Los Angeles. Cardinals 5-10-1, pretty good first year for Kyler Murray and company. They add a few pieces there and Arizona um, could looks like they're moving in the right direction much better than a year ago when they were picking number one overall, but Playing against the Seahawks, the 49ers, and the Rams, um, not exactly an easy route back to the playoffs. Falcons-Buccaneers is a a funny one. Um, Sounds like the Falcons are committed to Dan Quinn and and front office exec Thomas Dimitrov for another year. And probably for good reason, because I believe they started 1-6 or 1-7, and and they are finishing the season at 7-9. So possibly finishing six and two in the last eight weeks. I think something like that. And, you know, maybe you look at that and go, well, imagine if they would have played a little differently at the beginning of the year. It was enough to save Quinn's job. He'll probably be on a short leash next year. He cannot, certainly cannot start one and seven again, but the Falcons started to finally become the team. I think a lot thought of, at least I did. I had picked them to win the NFC South foolishly again, because I just, I can't get over the Saints thing. I keep thinking they're a team that's going to turn it off, and they keep proving me wrong, and I look like a fool every year, but that's fine. I'll just probably pick against the Saints next year because what do I have to lose? But the Falcons finished 7-9, and winning in overtime over the Buccaneers 28-22, and fittingly for Tampa Bay, the Jameis Winston era may be ending the way it began, and that's with a pick six. Jameis Winston's first ever pass in the NFL was an interception return for a touchdown, and his last pass for the Buccaneers was an interception for a touchdown. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Will Winston be back in Tampa Bay? He threw 30 touchdowns this year. He also threw 30 interceptions. I think he may be one of the only people to ever do that. So, um, yeah. Bruce Arians, he got Tampa Bay to 7-9, even with the Jekyll and Hyde rotation uh, of Jameis Winston at quarterback. They have some pieces down there. 
I, I just I don't know if Winston's the answer, and they got to figure that out fairly quickly. So um, elsewhere in the NFC, or did we cover everything? Did I mention all of them? Yeah, I guess I guess I did. So that is a little jump around the uh, week seventeen. I think I touched on all the games. Unless I hope I did. Kind of, kind of jumped around, but uh, hopefully uh, touched on all of them, and uh, yeah. So we'll see what uh, what happens with the playoff seedings. I uh, I went over um, the expectations for uh, for the games. Should uh, the 49ers beat the Seahawks as they are doing right now, ten to nothing, but. Things could change. Obviously, we've seen Seattle uh, respond and look better. I do like San Francisco's uniforms. They're wearing those uh, the throwback type ones with the black block lettering. Love it. Looking good. I don't have anything against the 49ers. I prefer them to the Seahawks. I'm not a Pete Carroll fan. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you probably know that. Um, so, yeah, I guess quickly just recap what's going on um, in the playoffs. So, in the AFC, we'll go back to the AFC. In the AFC, the number one seed, Baltimore. Two seed, Kansas City. Both of them have buys. Three seed, New England. They will be hosting the Tennessee Titans, the six seed. And the four seed, Houston Texans, will be hosting the Buffalo Bills. What do I expect there? That's a great question. <laughs> I feel like all of four of those teams have been incredibly effective and also in- inconsistent for a lot of the season. Both the Texans and Bills rested players this week and both lost. The Patriots played their guys because they had to to get a bye and lost. The Titans won. They beat the Texans, who were arresting the guys, and are looking pretty good. Ryan Tannehill has, for the most part, played incredibly well the second half of the season since he became the starter. Derrick Henry is the rushing leader, or really rushing champion in the regular season. Um, Yeah, uh, honestly, and I'll probably regret saying this, but it doesn't matter because we won't be on the air next week. And I'll... I, well, I will be dealing with my aunt and uncle, though. I'll be with them for this. I guess we're going to be in a bar watching the uh, the playoffs. Um, I assume we'll be able to watch those. Anyway, um, honestly, I think... I probably feel stupid saying this a week from now, but I think the Titans are going to beat the Patriots. I, I really do. I don't know if Belichick can, and the staff can pull another rabbit out of their hat. Uh, I think this could be the end. I mean, I hope it's the end, but have they been impressive enough to for me to say that they're going to win? I don't know. I mean, they're hosting the game. Everything's telling me not to do it, but I, whatever. Screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. So I'm going to say Titans upset the Patriots and end their run to the AFC Championship game and, and representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Put that to bed. Titans upset the Patriots. They get to play Baltimore the next week. <sighs> what do I think about Buffalo at Houston? <sighs> I think Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. 
Uh, I'm going to go Houston because they're at home. I hope Houston wins because of Bill Bryan. Bill, Bill Bryan. Bill O'Brien. And um, I think it's going to be Houston at Kansas City. And I think one and two seeds are going to win that. I think it's going to be AFC Championship is going to be Kansas City at Baltimore. And I'm taking Baltimore in that scenario. In the NFC, should San Francisco hold on to beat Seattle? They're the number one seed. Green Bay, the two seed. They'll have the buys. New Orleans, the three seed, hosting the six seed of Minnesota Vikings. The Eagles, the four seed, hosting the fifth seed at Seattle Seahawks. Saints beat the Vikings, and I'll say it, Eagles beat the Seahawks. I know maybe that's crazy, but I'll pick one, you know, interesting um, result in each wildcard round, and I will say um, Eagles, while not a seeded upset in everyone else's mind, it will be an upset. So because of the top four seeds winning, it'll be Philadelphia at San Francisco and New Orleans at Green Bay. And I'm going San Francisco, New Orleans. And that game will be in San Francisco. And I'm on the New Orleans bandwagon. So New Orleans over San Francisco. So we get a one versus three matchup. Ravens versus Saints will be Super Bowl 54. Here you go. You heard it here first. There there you go. That's what I'm picking. I think I may have said that last week or the week before. That was just the way that things were trending. I'm going to stick to it. I'm saying Saints versus Ravens. So I don't know that I'm ready to pick a champion there because a week from now this could be all rendered, rendered moot, but um, that's the way I see it at this moment. So um, looks like the game went to a commercial. That's... Uh, Allow me to wrap things up here. So pay attention to this Sunday night football game. It's huge in NFC seedings. Um, but that's uh, pretty much me putting a bow on the 2019 NFL regular season. I appreciate all of you that have tuned in both live and on the podcast uh, this season. Sorry we didn't get around to talking NFL until November. But Justin and I were busy every week talking high school football on the Bulldog Hour. And if you're interested in Wilson football based in West Lawn, Pennsylvania, be sure to check out bulldoghour.com. If you're a Wilson Bulldogs football fan, you should be very interested in what I've been posting there. It's a decade in review chronicling a variety of things with Wilson football, including the decade's greatest games, greatest moments, and greatest players so far. And tomorrow, at some point, I will be publishing the greatest teams of the decade won't be a regular top 10 since there's only 10 teams to talk about. I will focus on three of them. So for those of you that like Wilson football, definitely head to bulldoghour.com for more about the team. Justin and I will be back here to talk NFL playoffs. It just will not be next week, wildcard week, and we will be missing, but we'll be back two weeks from tonight, which I believe is January 12th, and we'll be able to talk about who is going to be representing each conference in the conference championship games, which happen the weekend of the 19th. So no show next week. Episode 291 will be on Sunday, January 12th. So uh, we hope you've enjoyed our coverage. I hope you'll stick with us in the new year. Uh, once the NFL season wraps up, we will hopefully have a um, sit down and talk with Chad Henney like we did last year and in years past. We look forward to hosting him once again and uh, a lot of other fun NFL offseason stuff. You know, we kind of diverge our topics and talk about other things here and there, and we look forward to doing that again. And, um, you know, before you know it, it'll be May and we'll be talking NFL, doing our previews, and then we'll be on our hiatus for 
high school football again. But a lot to happen over the next uh, seven months. So be sure to uh, visit jmnjrradio.com for more. And like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, variety of accounts. And you can always subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. So I think that's about it. Thanks for joining me this evening. Until uh, next time, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and JRAF show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Facebook Live and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter. And stay up to date with the guys at JoeMaysAndJRAF.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. For more info, visit JMNJRRadio.com.